and we are back for another episode of Ranked. We took a list of, I believe it was 45 films from the course of 2023, and we have ranked them all from the best to the worst. And we divided up into two podcasts with 10 movies each to declare the official worst and best films of the year. And today, you know, we're going to talk about the worst. We're going to go over the worst movies that came out this year. This year had some fantastic movies that everyone knows and loves. But, you know, every year you got to have a few stinkers. And it's probably perfect for us to sit down and talk about them. So to break down all things horrible, we have the two reoccurring guests, Tristan and Hayden. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. You know, I got a coffee in one hand, my list in the other, and we are going to be talking all things terrible. So, you know, I'm, you know, despite the movies being terrible, I'm doing good. So am I. I'm ready to talk about some bad movies. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Before we talk about the 10 terrible movies, we did have a list of 45. Obviously, we saw movies beyond those 45 films. I was wondering if there's any films that didn't even make the list that you guys kind of want to give a shout out here that you thought were just terrible and uh, maybe warn people to not check out. Yeah, Hayden still hasn't gotten around to watch Indiana Jones and uh, Dial of Destiny, apparently. That would most definitely be on the 10 worst movies of the year. That movie was atrocious. That movie was was, was most definitely. Uh, Hayden didn't even like the first Indiana Jones movie, so he never bothered going around and watching all the, the crappier sequels. Um, but this fifth one is a... Uh, Really the bottom of the barrel. For me, there's two in the 45 that I don't know if they'll be here. I hope they are. I don't really have any out of the 45. I made you guys watch all the shitty ones. Uh, but there's two that I hope that are in this bottom 10 that I'm not sure if you guys like. Yeah, I would say most of the films that I had at the bottom of my overall list, you guys all ended up watching, so that worked out pretty well. I think more of the well-known films that I thought were pretty bad that ended up not being watched by either of you, were probably just Rebel Moon and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Neither of them were in my bottom 10 of the year, like myself, so I don't even know if these would have cracked the list, but, you know, these are two well-known stinkers that I didn't like either, that maybe you guys would have hated more than me and could have ended up on this list, but besides from that, I think we kind of got the worst. You know, I, th- I think we got a pretty good list here. So I was wondering, you know, we're going to be talking about the worst movies of the year, but what would you guys say was the worst performance of the year? Is there, was there a character or role in any of these movies that sticks out to you as being the worst? Yeah, I got one. One that, Okay, so this is a movie that's not on this list. I know Hayden hated this movie, but I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought this movie was, was, was incredible. Besides one very terrible thing, the lead performance. And that's the new Spy Kids Armageddon. I thought this new Spy Kids movie was incredible. Besides the lead, the lead almost single-handedly ruined the entire film. I think that's the reason why Hayden hates it. The lead kid is so excruciatingly annoying. The kid can't act. Whoever wrote his script did a terrible job for the kid. They didn't get to him any favors. And the lead character was abysmal. Everything outside the lead character for Spy Kids Armageddon nails exactly what you want in a Spy Kids theme. I thought they crushed the Spy Kids humor, the Spy Kids style, the animation style. The plot points were all great. The freaking lead performance was so bad, it nearly tanks the whole film. It might have been one of the best Spy Kids movies, if it wasn't for the lead performance. He was just a business. Did you say I, I, I liked it? No, you hated it. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought, I thought you I liked it. I loved it. Oh, you liked I thought it was fantastic. 
I thought that if you like the Spy Kids films, like the original ones, this hits on that kind of humor so well. That shitty, like, two, early 2000s CGI graphics straight like a PS2 video game, it's all done so well. The humor, the style, exactly what I want for a Spy Kids movie. The signs, just the brutal lead character. Just nausea. I'm gonna I'm go with Harden, just because I fucking... Oh, he's always... He's been bad for five years. Just not it. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah, just for the listeners that aren't familiar with Harden, that's the lead character in the After Everything film that we will likely be discussing later in this podcast. But yeah, I feel like that phrase isn't super well known, so I should clarify who he's talking about. Um, but interesting. So just... uh, uh, now I think our, our listeners know who Harden is. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a reoccurring guest on the podcast. You know, uh, we, we love our boy Harden. Um, but uh, but Tristan, do you think I would like the new Spy Kids movie? I thought I, I heard it was say, The reason the Spy Kids movie isn't on this list is because you didn't watch it. And I don't know why. Dude, this movie this movie, this movie, I thought was fantastic besides the lead character. Okay. I thought it really hits. Going by fantastic, I mean, it's just as fantastic as the other Spy Kids yeah. movies are. I went back and rewatched the first and the second one to see, am I just misremembering Spy Kids? And no, they nailed what Spy Kids was like in the early in the early one. It very much is. It feels just like one of those early 2000 Spy Kids with just the most annoying main character you can think of. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe I should check it out then because uh, I love the Spy Kids yeah. films. Not to his sister. I thought she did a. I thought the sister did a pretty good job. I thought she was all right. I enjoyed her quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the worst performance of the year, uh, fortunately for me, uh, is not the lead. And like you guys, you guys both picked the lead of the film. Uh, my, mine's very much just a side character that still drags the film down for me. I probably would have enjoyed this movie a lot more, but I thought. Aquafine and the Little Mermaid was literally like, was unbearable. Like, it was just absolutely unbearable to have as a character. So, I I, I was Scuttle, was, right? Bird. Yeah, yeah. She played Scuttle with the with the little Scuttle butt wrap that she has near the third part of the film. So yeah, I you know thought that that was the worst performance of the year, but she wasn't the lead performance. You know, I can't really think of a film that had a lead that made the film unbearable for me. I guess you know, except for like the obvious movies at the bottom of the list with Harden but you know for for what we had I thought that was a I thought that was a stinker but uh before we get onto the list I had one more question for you guys what was the worst movie experience of the year we normally talk about the good but but what about the bad oh I got one go for it Haunting in Venice oh yes we went to the theater and there was like this group of people in the back and they were like whispering but like not whispering they were just talking yeah and like we, I kept on shushing them, and Tristan and I had to, like, throw candy at them to try to, like, tell them to stop talking. And if the film didn't finish in time, like, if there was, like, another 20 minutes, I would have walked over and, like, told them to leave. Because they, they weren't even, like, talking about the movie. They were just chit-chatting. They were having a whole-ass conversation back there. Nothing to do with the film. Just talking. Like, five of them. Just having a conversation back there. Well, we're trying to figure out who, who committed the murders. We're trying to solve the mystery over here. These guys are having a chit-chat. It was terrible. No, it was rough. How about you, Quentin? Any bad movie theater experiences this year? I'm looking through every single film I saw. I don't think I actually had a single bad movie experience this year. I think this is the first year where I think I was happy with every single movie experience I had. Like, I would say maybe Mission Impossible because it was the biggest letdown when I saw it in the theater. So, like, when I walked out, I kind of felt a little bummed out about it. But it was just because the movie itself, the experience was fantastic. Since it was a pre-screening, there was a dude that dressed up as... Tom Cruise with his shades and he like walked around in a suit handing out posters and said do you wish to accept this mission it's still a fun experience so 
even that it wasn't even bad at all. So I would say, honestly, this might be the first year where I don't think I have a stinker. So I'm going to abstain from that question at least. Um, but yeah, fortunately for me, I didn't have that many people talking during Haunting of Venice, mostly because I watched it at home. So, you know, it was just my wife that was talking. So, you know, <laughs> I guess I was one of the luckier ones. So before we get into the bottom 10 films of the year, we do have some honorable, or I guess we can call them dishonorable mentions. I picked one film that each of us rated lower than the others that got edged out because some of us either hyped it up or lowered it down a lot. Uh, so they didn't quite make our bottom 10. And honestly, they were even really close. But at least to give a bit of a shout out to some films that we all thought were stinkers, we have Cocaine Bear, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Bo is Afraid. So... You know, these three films might not be beloved by all three of us, but didn't end up cracking the worst of the list here. So we can at least, you know, at least they got that to hang on. What, did I cocaine bear real low? Was that me? Yeah, that was you. I figured I had that one. That one's pretty low, yeah. I didn't even have Bo's and Fighter. What was the one you mentioned? Oh, Five Nights of Parties, right, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't even have that one super low. I, like, technically it's my 10th least favorite from this list here. So they get kind of edged out. Like, I, I don't hate it, but... You know, yeah. I actually had it the same and spot you had. Yeah. Hayden hates Bo is afraid. Hayden doesn't really care for any of Ari Aster's movies, and I agree. I think this is my least favorite of his films. So I think this one's probably you know. Oh yeah, this is it easily has worst. That I really love, and parts that I really don't really care for, and it, it runs a little long. I think that's the biggest thing. This one runs a little long. It feels just length. Although I do love a lot of parts, but the most definitely it stretches. Sorry, we can, we could have trimmed some of this up here already. We could have cut some of the fat out of some of these scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a there's a lot of stuff that I liked about the film. I actually thought the last twenty minutes of Bo is Afraid was really good. I thought it ended really strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I really liked it. End. Yeah, like that ending yeah. was great. Um, but I do agree. Uh, this is easily his worst. Uh, this one. Yeah, it's because of the other two were both really good. Yeah, exactly. It's tough competition, but no, I uh, I agree. It's not the best, but not bottom ten. You know, I I I have it kind of right no. in the middle. I I think it's a pretty solid film. Yeah, I think I have somewhere in the middle as well. But I enjoyed it for sure. And Cocaine Bear is fine. You know exactly what you're getting when you're going. Yeah. yeah Cocaine so, Bear and Five Nights at Freddy's are actually very similar for me, even though uh, I have Cocaine Bear, I guess, a little bit higher. Uh, they're both just horror films that do exactly what you want them to do. You know, like Cocaine Bear, it's a bear that stores cocaine. Five Nights at Freddy's, it's just a guy that, like, you know, spends five nights uh, at a... Uh, I guess like a Chuck E. Cheese. I was going to call it a carnival, yeah, but you know, yeah, like a Chuck E. Cheese, you know, arcade game, uh, you know, like in an arcade room, I guess. But yeah, you know, like they both do exactly what they deliver. Uh, so there's really not too much to hate on it. So good that neither of them made the list. Yeah, they're both fine films. If you like horror movies, check them out, you know. Although, well, can be like, it wasn't, it, it felt mild. It could have been a lot more yeah, things. it's more of a comedy horror, cocaine bear. I mean, you know, it's cocaine and bear, so it makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. I prefer to find out some parties. I had more fun to find out some parties. Okay, I, I like cocaine bear more. I uh, I still, mostly because I still remember, and I saw this in theater, so, you know, being in a crowd, everyone was cracking up, we like, it was pretty good. Maybe that, that Yeah, so that probably helped. Uh, but I, I, I couldn't, like, I can't stop thinking about the scene where... Uh, the fucking bear rips one guy's leg off and it falls on the floor and cocaine falls on it and he like snorts cocaine off of a dude's disembodied leg. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> I I thought that was the funniest. Like you could tell the raiders in the room were like, okay, how can we get a leg 
ripped off of a guy's body with cocaine on it for him to snort it. Like, how, like, how could we get this set up? It, like, it felt like it was, like, a lot of, like, moments that they just thought of how, okay, how can we set this up? And they set it up. You know, it was a bunch of bits. And uh, I thought, you know, for the most part, they didn't really work that well. But every now and then, they, I thought they had a couple of gems. So I thought the movie was pretty decent. You got what you're asking. You got cocaine and bear. I don't know what more you could want from it. But anyways, we can actually get into the bottom 10 here. And coming in as our 10th least favorite film, according to the three of us at least, we have Pixar's latest film, Elemental. So what was your guys' thoughts on that one? I felt it was very much just generic Pixar nowadays. It felt there was nothing special. Normally Pixar has like these amazing worlds where everything, like Finding Nemo, you have all the fish in the sea. All, like It all blends together well. Whereas this one felt like a Zootopia knockoff where they grabbed, like, the elements for Zootopia grabbed all the animals in the world, made different cities for each of them, where Elementals has different cities for, or, like, different spots for each of the different elements and how they can't interact because of what society says. It felt like a very much Zootopia knockoff, and it just felt like the Walmart version. That's why I... Yeah, it most definitely felt like an off-brand Zootopia. You know, Zootopia was obviously a mega hit. I love Zootopia. We all love Zootopia. And the uh, Elemental felt like it wanted to be sort of capture the same kind of magic that Zootopia had. Uh, but everything about it felt half-baked. The plot was very thin, if even existence. Not much really happened beyond just the very initial setup. And then it kind of meanders for another hour after that. I felt both the lead, particularly the, the fire girl, Ember, I believe was her name, something like that. Uh, I thought she was dreadfully annoying. Not quite as bad as the kid from Spy Kids Armageddon, but almost as bad. Unfortunately, her sidekick isn't quite as cool as a little girl from Spy Kids. Wade, he was cool, but he cried. Wade, too much of a whine, whiny baby for me. I don't know. Elementals was fine. It, some of the animation looked cool. A couple of the side characters, like Claude, was just super cool, obviously. But everything outside of that just kind of sucked. The plot was just super thin to hold any sort of movie together and then the everything outside of the plot wasn't cool enough to keep me engaged or entertained either so i really just kind of was bored and hoping it would end quicker than it did completely agree with what you guys were saying about elemental i i agree with the comparison that it's very much just a zootopia light it's just a way worse version of it i think what made zootopia so great aside from the fact that it's a great story and elemental's not really that great of a story it's kind of more of just a generic run-of-the-mill rom-com in a sense which honestly uh I, I love rom-coms and i love romance films lately and i do think that's the best part this film had going for it is i thought i liked the rom-com aspect of this movie and the two of them building on this relationship unfortunately i don't really love the two leads and you kind of need to love the leads to root for their relationship and their success and i wasn't really rooting for it you know i i thought they were both fine i thought wave was way more annoying than amber or ember whatever her name is but i don't think either of them were great so that's kind of a knock against it already but most importantly when the movie's called elemental and from the very first trailer i was like oh i'm not gonna like this that much when unlike zootopia where they have such a great world building with all these animals and how they interact and how the world kind of fits into their universe so well and so flawlessly like everything seemed to be picked apart so perfectly elemental has this problem where if it's living elements whatever the stuff that they're living on like they're like they're clearly living within elements how are they going to work around this are they going to have it more abstract are they going to kind of have 
have something else be the foundation of everyone's like homes and the world around them. But no, it's still so some elements are living, but some of them aren't. Like where the magic flower or whatever it is in that underground area that Ember always wanted to get to, but it's covered in water. It's covered in water, but there's other there's living water, and then there's non-living water. Like just there's just they just throw aside, oh, elements are alive. It's oh, some of the elements are alive. And there's no rhyme or reason as to what counts as a living element and an actual element that we just have in our daily lives. Like we have water that we could have floods for in real life, and they just don't have an abstract way to have, oh, you can't get to this because there's this thing called water, which is also living in the exact same universe. Like I just feel like they made the universe realistic to our universe, but when it's about living elements, they can't have that. They need to have a more creative way to tell the story that isn't just elements are also existing in both universes. I guess it would be harder for kids to understand, but they've had abstract films like Inside Out before. Like I feel like they definitely could have just created a world that isn't like ours, and they didn't really do that. And that was kind of a huge issue with a film that's about elements that are alive. So I thought that was pretty pretty poorly designed. Yeah. Especially for Pixar, like, this is something that, like, if it's Illumination, you know, I get it. You guys don't really give a fuck. But, like, Pixar's normally aware of that stuff, and so they just, this didn't feel like a Pixar movie with the amount of effort they put into it. I don't hate no, the movie, good, but yeah. It doesn't feel like a Pixar movie. Yeah. It feels like Illumination or Sony is trying to make a Pixar movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like if exactly, this does feel like one of those other studios making a movie and going, okay, they're just trying to make a Pixar movie. Okay, let's see how this goes. But yeah, this is this is a low tier Pixar movie. I don't hate it. This you know, this is still better than others. Like if if another studio released this, it would have been one of their higher movies. But unfortunately for Pixar, I don't think it's great. I don't hate it. You know, it's not actually in my bottom ten of the year, but still ends up on this list. In ninth place, according to the three of us, we have a sequel, and that is Murder Mystery 2, if anybody remembers that one. I think that was my issue when I was making this list, Quentin. I didn't remember. I very much completely forgot that that movie exists. In fact, I don't remember if I ever actually saw the ending of that. I think I did. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, that kind of sums up this movie overall. Do I think it's the worst movie of the year? No. Do I think it's the most forgettable movie of the year? No. It's still very forgettable and very bad. It felt like the, the, a rehash of the first one in every way, except it was ex- like it was exact same police officer from the first one, and his first suspect was the person that the suspects from the first movie, the two main characters. You think like the two main characters who helped you solve a multi murder in the first film? wouldn't initially be your first suspects in the second film. It felt like he was making the same stupid mistake by blaming these two and then getting tripping into the correct solution by having the murderer reveal themselves to the third act. It, it felt very, like, pushed. Exactly the first one, but since the first one was at least original, uh, it kind of had a pass, but this one just felt unoriginal and had just a stupid idea all throughout. Yeah, kind of clinging on to the original too much there. They didn't take any risks at all with this movie whatsoever. Yeah, I think story-wise and everything, it's just as bad as the original. Like, I, I don't like the original one either, but at least the original. And I, maybe it's because I watched the first one with my wife, and this one I watched on my own, on my laptop, like, during one of my days off during training. But this one's just not fun, right? Like, like at least there was, like, some fun about the first one, you know? Maybe it's because... 
it was new. You got to see Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston just like running around trying to like solve clues together. That's fun. You know, like, like we all had a good time with that. And maybe kind of the excitement of that idea that just doesn't exist in this one. But I thought the setting in the first one, I thought the characters in the first one were at least more entertaining than this movie. You guys are right. I don't remember almost anything about this movie. Like, it's, it's very forgettable, but it's also just not fun. I, like, I, I just don't think this worked as a sequel. I thought it was way worse as a sequel. I just thought the original made more sense. Like Hayne said, them bringing back the, oh, could it be them the entire time is more frustrating during the second movie when we kind of are already familiar with who they are. Like, the first one makes more sense. Okay, who are these two random fucking guys? Maybe you would logically assume that it might be them. But this time around, it does seem less believable. So it, it is frustrating at times, but, you know, it's uh, it's a movie that exists. All right, so the eighth worst film, according to us, one that I would say is more well-known, at least, than Murder Mystery 2, so the listeners uh, might be more familiar with this movie. It's a superhero film, you know? Uh, one of potentially many, but we have... Yeah, it feels really long. Yeah, we have, uh, in eighth place, The Flash. Oh, it's be a little lower than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be interested. Uh, we're very alone on this. I believe we both have this in our bottom five of the entire year, so we definitely dragged this one down. But yeah, what was your guys' thoughts on The Flash? Honestly, like, it was bad. It was really bad. And I don't like his Romilly. No, I hate him. But I love The Flash. He's like my second favorite superhero. I was just excited to get him on the big screen. I, I went to a private screening, so it was pretty dope. Uh, the movie, like, overall... Not very good. Too much CGI. The bad guy was just like lame. The whole final battle sucked dick. But it was at the end of the day, like it was the Flash. Uh, so I I enjoyed it, especially more than a lot of the other superhero films this year, because simply because he's the Flash. So for me personally, like that's just like bonus. I love that. The one thing I hated about the film was it felt like he didn't learn anything. At the end of the film, he still made the same mistake. And still caused a ripple in the time, space time continuum, whatever it's called, to where it just showed that he had no character development through the two hour runtime. And it just, it felt like they're left with another problem that they just like stopped with to have another Batman walk in at the end. When that happened, I, I genuinely hated, I hated the end of the film. But overall, it, it was a flash film. They could have done it way better with the whole like, the running like time thing, they could have had reverse Flash be the villain. Instead, they they just uh they went with the simple route, and I, that's that's one thing I know. I mean, I'm not Hayden, you know, likes a little more than we do. Hayden has been waiting for a Flash live action film since he was like, yeah. all right, he loves <laughs> the Flash, so he finally got that out. But unfortunately, it was not a good. As Hayden mentioned, I didn't like Ezra Miller at all. I thought uh, they were terrible as the Flash. Uh, I don't think they're good in anything, especially not. Flash. Um, and like this was promised to be like a big, you know, multiverse superhero movie, sort of like a Spider Man across the Spider Verse kind of thing. They went to one other universe, and then just had the most generic superhero movie take place in that universe. Then they go back home. This wasn't a multiverse film at all. They just went to the town next door, did a generic superhero movie over there, then came home at the end of the movie. That was, that was it. They didn't go to like all these different multiverses, traveling through time, bending the time continuum, nothing like that. They went to one other universe. Dabbled around there for too freaking long, and then went home as if nothing happened. 
It was so boring. The bad guy, I don't know the bad guy's name. It was just Zod, I guess, right? Like, that's the bad guy? Just... And also, like, Barry, but, like, not... not... Yeah, not like... Reverse Flash, though. Just Barry exactly. Allen, but not, like, evil Barry Allen. It's like a different Barry Allen. Just make that Reverse guy. Flash and have him be the bad guy. That would have been so fucking cool. The, this whole thing was terrible. And then the final battle, the, the Magnum Opus, took place on a patch of dirt. with was just three, 30 minutes of the worst CGI you've seen in me. Just absolutely. Uh, the only silver lining in this movie is the, my boy Michael Keaton. I always like seeing him, especially in the Batman suit. Love that guy. Outside of that, though, everything else is done. Yeah, I got a question for you guys. Uh, which is the worst multiverse to go to? The one in The Flash where there is no superheroes in that universe or in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness where you move on red light and you stop on green light? Neither. The worst one is the one in Yesterday when the Beatles and Coca-Cola don't exist. <laughs> wow. That was a quick response. I, I respect the fuck out of that. <laughs> no, that was good, that. man. Tristan's on his fucking A-game today. That, that, that was pretty good. You know, I just fucking yeah. rolled out of bed and this guy is fucking pulling out yesterday polls. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, honestly, I stand corrected. You're right. That That, that is the worst universe. I, 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 yeah, yeah I would hate that. Exactly. I'd rather stop on green to not be able to listen to Hey Jude. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, The Flash... Yeah, The Flash is just not a good movie. I, uh, I, I think it's... Frustrating almost every single way. Uh, I think the original, uh, the initial action sequence with him saving all the babies is just visually atrocious. Like it's one of the ugliest action sequences, if you could even call it that, I've ever seen. And it's it's also just almost pointless. It's like slow mo. Like they literally just drag it the fuck down just to like, oh, we you know we're not gonna get an action sequence for the first half of the movie, so let's just make this baby sequence just to you know give the viewers what they want since they want some you know, good action sequences in uh in a superhero movie. And like it's it's dreadful. It's it's it looks terrible, it's pointless, it's super long and dragged out. And then that's probably the best action sequence of the entire movie because then the second half of the movie with like you guys were saying, the action sequence with Zod and the patch of dirt is just horrendous. It looks even worse than the baby sequence and it's just not exciting. It's brutal. Then we get to the multiverse sequence where, like, we look at different universes, and it's a whole lot of, like, hey, look at what we have here. We have Nick Cage and a spider, and we have the original Superman. And the more I think about it, like, that really drives me nuts. So they, like, a CG original Superman when he passed away years ago, uh, so obviously they couldn't have the actual actor there. So without his permission, they just used his likeness in the film just to try and get some fans to get all excited and trigger the nostalgia. Like, they never got permission by him or his family, but they could just do it because, hey, you know, he's dead. Who cares, right? Like, like whatever. We could just use his likeness in the movie. It just a lot of that stuff feels pointless. They didn't need that. If they wanted Superman, hey, maybe have, like, I don't know, a, a, a different version of Henry Cavill or whatever. If they're having a different version of, uh, you know, Ezra Miller, then they could have also done that. So it's clearly just to trigger nostalgia. There's no actual purpose other than to have that. A lot of the movie is a whole lot of fan service. You know, it, when that's your crutch, uh, that's might that's probably why The Flash is here and not Across the Spider-Verse, which also came out this year. Two films about the multiverse, superhero films that uh, are kind of serving the same purpose in a you know, to an extent, obviously, they're telling very different stories, and they're told in different mediums, obviously, one of them is animation, but 
still trying to use the multiverse to tell an exciting story of a character that we are already familiar with. Just one is done poorly and the other is not. And that's why the Flash is here. Yeah, it, this one's brutal. And it, you can't really compare it to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Man. I mean, one's a mass, one is just absolutely horrendous. He wish he could tell you, but he put the Flash at 30, and he put Across the Spider-Verse at 40, so, you know, it's a... All right, so, you know, we just talked about the DCEU. You know, it's probably about time for the seventh worst film of the year, and let's, you know, go across the pond and talk about the MCU, because as the seventh worst film, according to us, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, this movie surpri- manages to have even worse CGI than The Flash. <laughs> and that is saying a lot. The yeah. plot managed to be even just as pointless and meaningless and all over the place. Mind you, notice here, yeah, me, I, I, I put this one a little above Flash myself. But yeah, uh, you know, it's just a It's probably, if I'm being real with you, it's, it's, it's probably worse. This movie is really bad. All the characters looked so terrible. Most of the characters were painfully annoying. Um, I didn't care for anything that was going on. I just wanted it to stop. And it took about two more hours for that to happen. And all they did was, like, shrink. That's what he does, yeah. No, but, like, they shrunk so small, but... Why? Yeah. Like, what was the point of this film, other than to meet Kang? And then Kang, who's supposed to be the next big bat, right? The next stand gets beaten in hand-to-hand combat by Ant-Man? Like, yeah. the D-list of all Avengers? Like, like the joke of the Avengers squad? And I guess you could argue the way Thanos got beaten by Ant-Man too. Yeah, but that wasn't in hand-to-hand combat, alright? This was just hand-to-hand combat. He got beaten by frickin' Ant-Man. Hell yeah. And I'm supposed to be afraid of this guy? They made Kang look like a pussy. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Long term wise, that might have been the, for the best. He has the direction they're going to go with now, with the future of the MCU. But at the time, they wanted him to be the next big bad. Like, they made him come off pathetic. Like, it was terrible. And yeah. then Modok, another character who could have been a decent cool villain, was just rendered to be a, a joke of a side character. So we can see some guy's CGI butt on the big screen. Like, Modok nothing was, was good. Yeah, it was all terrible. And they had those stupid side characters with the. The freaking Broccoli Man and the, the Glass Cannon face dude. Like, all those people were just weird and stupid, and I didn't care for any of them. It was their excuse to make a bunch of ugly characters. They're like, well, because they are in the middle of buttfuck nowhere and are super tiny, so we're loud. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something that is interesting about this is Tristan and I both have the Flash lower, but Hayden just likes the Flash so much more that he single-handedly bumped this movie down, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Hayden is the yeah. reason. <laughs> Hayden is the Yeah, Hayden is the worst the Flash. Yeah, which, is, which honestly, uh, you know, don't want to spoil it here, but uh, this and the best list, uh, we're, we're beating to the beat of Hayden's drum here. He, he, he really... Uh, he really shakes up the list here. He gets to decide what happens, all right? We're all living in Hayden's world, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fun down here, so... Yeah, this movie, worse than The Flash, according to Hayden, so that's where it's standing here at number seven. Uh, I do think The Flash is just 
worse because the CGI is just significantly worse. You were saying that the CGI in this movie is really bad, and it is. This is the second worst CGI I think I've seen in my entire life. The Flash is the worst. Like, these are both some of the worst looking movies I've seen in my entire life. I can't believe they both came out this year. Well, I think here's the big difference, I guess, for me. Although the Flash CGI might be worse than this, this is two and a half hours of just CGI. Yes. Just hellscape. It is just two and a half hours of watching a bad PlayStation 2 video game. And not in the fun way, like Spy Kids Armageddon, but in a really bad way, like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Whereas The Flash mostly takes place on not Earth, but another planet that looks just like Earth, but isn't Earth. But looks like Earth, so there's not that much CGI going on, except for when they're going to the time. So at least you get bits and pieces of Flash without all the terrible CGI. There is no break of it in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Once you get sucked in there, you are there for the next two and a half hours, or until you smarten up and turn the TV off. Like, that's the only <laughs> way out of it. Yeah, that is a really good point. How the Flash, when they do use CGI, it is atrocious beyond comprehension. But at least half the movie is not in, like, a CGI garbled mess. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is. Like, it's just all in this world that looks horrendous. And I, I, I actually can't comprehend why they chose Ant-Man to do this adventure down in the quantum realm like i guess it's because he was obviously connected to in the first two movies but ant-man the reason why ant-man is is the only reason why he's a fun character to watch in a movie is when he shrinks down you're like oh wow he's smaller than a spoon like that's crazy or wow he's bigger than a bus like to see yeah. him grow and shrink in relation to what we see in the real world like this is the opposite of elemental where he is now shrinking and growing around stuff that we can't comprehend. Like, these are not elements that we are used to. Like, if this was the world that Elemental took place in, then all of a sudden maybe that movie's a little bit better because we can't comprehend what these things are in the quantum realm. And so when he grows and shrinks, I can't tell if he's growing or shrinking. There's this one sequence where he's running towards his daughter and they're both, like, standing in the quantum realm and they're like, wow, we're both so tall. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that they grew in this scene. I, I just assumed they were just a normal size. Like, I, it didn't occur to me that all of a sudden, oh, okay, they are big, I guess, just because they had to have and that moment where he points it out. Quantum realm, how tall are they? Like, are they now tall enough so that we can see them, or are they still small so we still can't see them? Oh, They're not actually tall. Oh, everything would be They're smaller small. that we can't see if they're still They're in still the quantum high. realm. Yeah, I would, I would say so. But still, it's just not comprehensible as to exactly how big they are, and oh, I guess they grew in this sequence, and they're smaller. Like, you just can't physically tell because they're just in a garbled purple mess. Like, it looks horrendous. Like you guys said about Kang, like they really just butcher that guy. Like I feel like they needed to take the same lesson they had with Thanos, with uh, you know, kind of like Charmin Ultra Strong. Uh, less is more. Like the less we saw of Kang, it would have been the best. That's the thing. Yeah, we never really saw Thanos except for like a post-credit scene one. That's all you need until Infinity War, right? Like we didn't need to see Thanos in all these products. They put Kang in half of the Phase Five stuff, and it's like why. It's so in the marketing they can go, oh, hey, the big bad, he's in this movie. You guys need to check, like, if you need, you know, if you want to see the, the next Avengers movie, you need to watch Ant-Man 3. You need to watch Loki. You need to watch this and that because, oh, the big bad, he's he's appearing in this movie. You need to learn more about it. It's like, it's just to hype up the movies because they're kind of struggling right now to get, you know, butts in seats, you know, to the extent as what they had in Phase 2 and 3. They're obviously still getting a huge audience but it's not to the same extent as it used to be so uh, maybe that's why they're like okay well we have king as the big bad in ant-man 3 people might check it out but uh, they, they need to focus on the story and not so much 
the sales, right? Like if they just focus on making a good movie and not focused on how yeah, can we get exactly. people here? That's how you get people there is when people watch this movie go, wow, this is the best anime movie we've ever had. That's going to get more people sitting down to check it out than Kang's in the movie and Modoc's in the movie. And we don't care about any of their characters. We're just going to make them absolutely abysmal. That's not going to work. Like Modoc, I'm not familiar with the comics. This might be why I'm not super into superhero movies. I, aside from Spider-Man, I don't think I've picked up a single comic book. Uh, I don't know who Modoc is. So my only knowledge of Modoc is from this movie. And if this is who he is, he's he's a horrendous character. He, he's a joke. He is absolutely horrible in this movie. I couldn't stand him. He looked terrible, and he was just an annoying character. I couldn't stand him. He's in uh, Phineas and Ferb Meet the Avengers. He's actually <laughs> is, he? is he good in that? He, he typically, he, he tends to be an annoying character. It's kind of like his shtick, I think. Um, and he's always supposed to be like this, like, wannabe big bad kind of villain, but he always kind of sucks too much where he can't be a big bad kind of villain. I think that's sort of like a running joke with Odo, but I, I could know. be wrong. Like, he could be menacing. Like, he could have been a, a movie villain. Yeah. Like, he could have been the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp one time. And honestly, it probably would have been better, you know what I mean? And not him, have him serve King, sort of like how, like, the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, served Thanos. But Thanos was never really in it. He was just saying, I'm here on behalf of Thanos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Modoc could have been. He could have been the bag of this movie that could have saved Kang for another film. You know, like an Avengers film they probably could have. Um, probably would have been the direction I went with it. But then they made Modoc look butt ugly. And I'm not talking about his butt. It's everything else about him. Terrible. And that was a bad decision as well. They could have made him look Yeah. Well, and also, Modoc would have been a... Yeah, like you guys were saying, Modoc's not like a... A tier level villain, but Ant Man's not an A tier level hero, right? Like, uh, yeah, might have, yeah he might have, yeah, he could have been a pretty good it villain for Ant Man. That Ant Man wants to be an Avenger, and Modok wants to be the big bad that the Avengers have to face. He's like, no, I need the Avengers to beat me. And Ant Man's like, I am an Avenger. No, you're not. You're fucking Ant Man. You know, that's yeah. how I would have taken. It. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, Ant Man and the Wasp for you. Uh, it's not great. Uh, what would you guys say this is the worst? ant-man movie i'm gonna guess yes from oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah they get worse and worse ant one of those franchises where they get they noticeably get worse and worse the first one's easily the best yeah the second one was like well that was fine but it's kind of meandering and the third one's oh that that's just bad that was okay bad. yeah I'm, I'm the same mindset yeah I, I i don't i don't like the second one either but this one's just like bad bad the second one's just yeah the second one was just generic yeah, this one was just generic just... yeah okay we're all on the same page for that one that was another quick uh easy ranking on and the I podcast all three of them in theater and they, uh... <laughs> oh really I have. I've seen none of them in theaters, but I think I'm okay. We can move on to the sixth worst film. According to us, uh, we are going to stay at the uh, Walt Disney Castle here because we have Peter Pan and Wendy. You guys both had this in your bottom five. I, uh, I guess I was the one that kind of bumped it up a little bit. I kept it away from technically being in the bottom five, according to us. We have it at number six here. Uh, but what was your guys' thoughts on this remake? On, I I don't really remember this. It, it blends together. Like I I've seen all the Peter Pan movies. This one's easily the worst out of the bunch. Uh, it felt like Disney is just on the live action remake train, and they they saw Peter Pan sitting there, and they're like, "Well, this is an easy one we can pump out within a a year and throw in the streaming service." And that's exactly what they did. Uh, there was no originality here, and. None, none of the acting performances felt like, wow, that was really good. All of them were just, they're like, all... forgettable. Yeah, the whole film's just forgettable. I don't see any reason to watch this over 
the cartoon film. So I, I never will watch it again. Yeah, or even like the 2006 Peter Pan or Hook with a uh, Robin Williams. Movie. There's so many other live-action Peter Pan adaptations or animated adaptations of Peter Pan that are just better than this one. And that's where this one really loses any relevance. Why I don't this one. Um, a couple of the big differences that this one made from the original Disney animated one, which one this was going to get compared to most of the, the Disney tellings of the story. Um, they they made Peter Pan more so like a, clearly not the good guy in this one. Peter Pan in this movie, I think, is very clearly not a great guy, which I think is a good thing. Peter Pan in the original movie, he, he's never really a good guy. He's always a 12-year-old kid. 12-year-old kids aren't inherently good or bad. They're freaking kids. They're idiots. And Peter Pan really embodies that in this one pretty well, and I appreciated that. I thought that was done pretty well. He came off like a massive asshole in some sense, which he should have. Things I didn't like in this movie at all was everything they did with Hook. Why were Hook and Peter Pan like related in some way? They did their best buds at one point in time, and then Hook grew up and Peter Pan didn't, then they became not friends. And Peter Pan lives in Hook's bedroom, but then Hook spends his entire life searching for where Peter Pan is and never thinks to go check his bedroom just because he doesn't think of it for years. Like, none of this makes any sense. Like, if he knows so much about Peter Pan, wouldn't he know where he's living? And he just chooses not to go there out of reasons? He just forgets, I guess? I don't know. None of that made any sense to me whatsoever. It was really dumb. And I absolutely hate it. Yeah, I also don't think this film is great by any means, but there was definitely things that I did enjoy about it. And one of them actually being something that Tris was kind of criticizing. I, I thought Captain Hook was uh, a pretty interesting retelling. They kind of gave us more of a backstory with him. I don't like the connection with him and uh, Peter Pan, obviously, because I feel like I hate when movies, you know, especially remakes with Disney, uh, when they kind of retcon and they feel like we need to have a more humanized story of the villain. And also they need to have some kind of relation with the hero. They did this with Maleficent and they've done this with a few others of their iconic villains. And like, I don't need a connection between Peter Pan and Hook, but I thought Jude Law as Hook was pretty good, especially of the live action retellings. I thought he was a pretty good version of Hook, especially I like, I thought he was pretty intimidating. I thought his look was pretty iconic. Like, like I thought he looked visually interesting. Uh, I don't think Peter Pan, the actor, was great. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't want to hate on children actors too much. But I, I thought he was the weakest part of the movie. But, I, I you know, I kind of liked what you were saying with Peter Pan, especially the animated movie, is the villain of the movie, in my opinion. Like, when I rewatch that animated movie, and I'm convinced no he's the villain. Not yeah, the exactly. Yeah. No and not the villain. He's not a villain. He's a kid. Right, he doesn't right. know what he's doing. He's just doing what he wants. Yeah, yeah. I guess villain's the wrong word, but he is very clearly not the hero of this movie. Like Wendy is the yeah. hero of the franchise of, of Wendy's the franchise. Supposed to be the, the hero of yeah. the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, she, she is absolutely the hero. Uh, Peter Pan is not a good person. He is a child, so he doesn't really know what he's doing. But he's very arrogant, very cocky. And in this movie, they kind of play more into that about how he's not a good person. They make it very obvious that Wendy's the hero. And, you know, I thought that was fine, you know, because uh, I feel like kids yeah. don't understand that in the original. So maybe make it a little bit more obvious here. And the one other thing I do like about this movie is for a live action Disney movie, I thought it was pretty good looking. I thought there was some really good shots. I thought there was like some really cool I moments thought, where you look at it. Why does Neverland have the Zack Snyder gray filter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the coloring is obviously terrible. That was my big issue. Yeah. This is Neverland. This is a world of imagination. It's essentially like imagination incarnate. It's like a place of make-believe. And it looks like stripped right out of a bad Zack Snyder or Twilight film. Like, yeah. Why does this look like Ireland in the middle of a stormy weather? You're like, like, it looks 
Terrible. It's so dark. This but is a, a place of make believe. I don't yeah. Go yeah, the, yeah. With Peter Pan. Oh. yeah. The coloring is terrible, which, you know, it goes for almost every live action remake at this point. Like even Little Mermaid, like coloring wise looked terrible. This movie still had some cool looking shots. Like when the ship was in the sky, and I'm trying to think of some other uh moments, but there there were just some cool visual moments that I thought, you know, they at least did something with the money, right? Like, at least I could tell that yeah. they, like, tried something. It's not, like, completely generic uh, in regards to a Disney movie. I still have it very low on my list because of all the issues that we've outlined here. But uh, it's not great. And for a live-action remake from Disney, this is probably mid-tier for me. This isn't in, like, my bottom five that Disney has yeah. made. But it's not great. Like, it's it's nothing special, but it's, uh, it's nothing horrible, even though it is on the bottom ten for us. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's a Disney movie that exists, you know? It's kind of part of the norm at this point. So we can move on to 41 here. Uh, and we're kind of going to go completely against the grain here. Instead of a live-action movie meant for kids, we have a... I don't even know what to call this. Uh, a, a movie that, I guess, should be meant for kids as well, but it's definitely meant for adults. That is Strays. Yeah talking dog movie and you go oh it's like lady and the tramp but no you know it's 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 got it's crude humor you know dogs you know biting guys dicks and stuff so you know a, a classic movie for i don't even know who what was your guys' thoughts on strays it wasn't it's yeah and, well it all like i didn't go into it like did anyone see this poster or see the show and think that's going to be a genuinely funny movie? Like, did anyone actually think this movie was going to be funny? I thought it'd be heading into it. And I laughed maybe once or twice. There were a couple of things. Like, it wasn't... No one actually thought this was going to be good, right? It was as, as bad as I was expecting. I agree, actually. This is one of the movies on this list that uh, I'm actually not even that angry at. Like, this is exactly what I was expecting from this movie. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have I it really low on my list, but yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. I wanted a bad movie, I threw this on, and I got what I wanted. This was yeah. just as good as I thought it was going to be, just as bad as I thought it was going to be. It did not surprise Absolutely. me in any way. It 100%. was perfectly fine. Yeah, if you order shit off the menu, you're going to get served shit, right? You know, that's what we got. I actually thought the ending was pretty fun. I thought, like, all the dogs teaming up to, like, kill, like, his old owner. Uh, you know, spoiler to those that haven't seen Strays. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was, like, the one funny moment at the end where just, like, they all just absolutely destroyed this one guy who's just an absolute fucking loser. Yeah. That was fun. And there were some it was fun a good dog ending. jokes in there. Like, yeah. when they had to follow the path to get back to where he was. You remember seeing the devil in the sky and there was a mailman on a billboard? Like, 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 like that, that was kind of... Yeah, and have you guys seen the movie Homeward Bound? No. 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 Okay. Well, this movie does like a lot of references to Homeward Bound, which Andrew loves that movie. So we were watching this and she was going, Oh, that's a Homeward Bound reference. And like it was just constantly they kept referencing that one movie. And I didn't realize it, but yeah, we rewatched it like a few weeks later. And it actually literally is kind of just like a Homeward Bound for adults. That's kind of what they were going for. I don't know if they were like intentionally marketing it that way, but uh, that's definitely what the film was. Uh, and you know, uh, Homeward Bound was better. But uh, you know, this, this one's fine. I uh, don't hate strays despite the fact that i have it down in my bottom 10 as well like i do have this movie really low it's just it's exactly as bad as i thought it was going to be coming in as the fourth worst film according to us we took a bit of a break from the dceu but it's time to return to the well we have as the fourth worst film according to us shazam 2 fury of the gods 
I am definitely the lowest on this movie. I hate this movie. <laughs> I, uh, I think this movie is terrible. I am starting to think of a single thing about this film that I liked. Uh, I thought Zachary uh, Levi, Levy, I thought he was just atrocious in this film. Like I've rewatched the first Shazam as well, and it is noticeable, even in that one, that the child is playing a more mature person than the adult version of him is playing. Like It's even obvious in that one. And... That one's almost excusable because he's still a 10-year-old or whatever. Like, it, it still kind of makes sense, even though it is uh, that the adult is acting way more childish than the child is. But in this movie, it's even more night and day because the child is, like, he's in his teens now, and he's not even that childish anymore. Like, he is maturing, and he's becoming an adult, and then when he turns into Shazam, he is still acting like an 8-year-old making poo-poo jokes. Like, it is laughably bad and i also thought that the uh confu- like i was confused i don't know about you guys about all five of the kids turning into the adults like we don't know much about these people that when they're in their adult form i i i can't comprehend that one of them is an eight-year-old girl like it like it just doesn't really comprehend to me on who's who because there's so many of them that could turn into adults now compared to the first movie where it was mostly just the one so i thought this movie was and just a hard job do they all have different names? I never picked up on that. Do they have different powers? Or do they all have the exact same power? Am Are I... they all equally as strong then? Or is above the sky the strongest guy? That's a good question. I, I don't know the strength of all of them. I, I, maybe I'm also just really they stupid. They do whatnot, right? They like, but like one of them can do electric. One of those. Oh, really? But wait, Shazam can do electric. Is he the one who can do electric then? There's Shazam for sure. Shazam can do all of them, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think he can do all. But they all can't do all? I don't think so. But I could be wrong. I have no idea. I think that was also very much not established. And it probably should have. They yeah, put, yeah. So I much of the first movie establishing Shazam's powers in a very hilarious way. And I yeah. thought that seemed fantastic. And they just don't introduce any of the other characters as superheroes. There's, oh, they all now also have powers. And they do things they do. Yeah. It's a mess for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Shazam 2 for you. And like I said, the biggest thing about this movie is it's so goddamn. I bet you even some of the actors have forgotten. No one remembers this film. No one will remember this film. This will be one of the most forgotten movies in cinema history. No one's going to remember this piece of crap. It's going to get long forgotten. And after this podcast, I will probably never think of or speak of it again. Although Zachary Levi trying to tell people to watch it instead of John Wick 4. Yeah, that's hilarious. That was good. Yeah. Let's go see this one instead of John Wick 4. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Hayden, because I was in training during this whole Shazam 2 thing. Uh, I missed all of this stuff going on. I didn't, it didn't occur to me until after I finished training. Like, in the summer, I, like, kind of fell into this uh, rabbit hole of just what the fuck was going on with Zachary Levy. Because it's hilarious. Like, if I was podcasting instead of doing training, like, I feel like I would have been talking about this for weeks on the podcast, Tristan. Like, I, I kind of became obsessed for, like, a good few days on this Zachary Levy trying to get people to watch Shazam 2, like, it's embarrassing. It's, it's honestly might be one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen an actor do ever in my life. Like, it was crazy to me. He was like, I, I fell so far down this rabbit hole that I found archived Instagram lives where he was doing dances if people promised that they would go watch the movie that weekend. It was, like, that embarrassing. He started, do, he like, started, like, singing a song and doing, like, a dance, and he was like, please go watch the movie. Thank you for watching the movie. Like, it was, it was, it was bad. It was, like, people had to send him comments on his video saying, I will go watch the movie this weekend, and then he would sing a song for them if they wrote that down for him. Like, it was... 
It was crazy. I I've never seen a celebrity do this before. It was crazy. And then he like went on to like he started like going on a rant about how this movie's basically the modern day Goonies, and if people don't watch this movie, that they're not supporting the Goonies. Like it was like he like was going like crazy. Like I've never seen somebody grovel and beg for people to go watch a movie before. It was crazy. Like he couldn't comprehend why nobody was watching this movie. You know, when when I watched Shazam two, I thought, you know what, this is just like the Goonies. <laughs> Exactly what I was like, I like, did a double take. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, how is this like the Goonies? I, I genuinely can't comprehend it. Like, I don't know what he was getting at. It was. I had crazy. a pause in the movie. Happened, wait, is this is this Shazam? Just <laughs> <laughs> like, did I put on the Goonies by mistake? Yeah. So maybe that's why I hate this movie even more. Um, but th- this is that's the sole reason why. Unlike you, Tristan, I will never forget this movie. I've thought about this movie. It's been rent free in my mind for like at least six months because I keep thinking of him singing and dancing because people would comment that they'd watch Shazam too. Like it was, it was fantastic. I, uh, I've never seen somebody stoop this low. Like I've literally watched somebody at the lowest point in their life live on Instagram. It was fantastic. I, I couldn't believe it. So every time I see Zachary Levy, I think of that Instagram video now. And that's basically this entire movie. This entire movie is just me watching it and going, I can't believe this guy did dances to convince people to watch this movie. Like, like, Hey, maybe if this was like Citizen Kane and like nobody was watching it, you know, like please come, like you know, I'll I'll be embarrassing if you watch this masterpiece. Like this is what you're fighting for. Like this is the hill he's dying on. Shazam too. I couldn't believe it. I would have loved when you go to the theater before the film, like you know, like sometimes have the director. It's just him saying, like him dancing, saying, "Thank you for watching." <laughs> like, oh, I bet you he did have a blur. Oh, oh my god! But him dancing—that's true. That, that little bit, I would have. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely show up to the theaters for Shazam Two if he was there. I, uh, I, I have some questions for him. So yeah, that was, huh, that you know that that was a highlight of the movie for sure. I, uh, Zachary Levy, uh, you know, twenty twenty three was not a good year for him. Hopefully twenty twenty four goes better. Look, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Sing and dance for you for this movie, and you still put it at forty four out of forty five. <laughs> How much more does Zachary Levy have to do? <laughs> This probably would have been 45, but that dance really saved it, you know? That dance really saved it. All right, yeah. after, back down to the bottom. Yeah, it, was, just <laughs> it would have been the worst movie of the year, but, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, spoiler, I have after everything above this movie. I think it's better. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I never saw hard in the second dance. <laughs> uh, thank God. All right, so that is Shazam 2. We can move on to the next film here. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody even knows what this movie is except for the three of us. I can't believe the two of you guys saw this movie. What but, number is this one? Like, what uh, number are we, at? we are now on the third worst movie of the year. Third worst movie of the year. Bottom three, baby. Bottom three, baby. Yeah, Shazam 2 just got out of the bottom three. But here we are. The third worst film, according to us. And that is The Outlaws. Oh, I, okay, I, the running joke of me for getting Shazam, I truly forgot what this one is about until I saw it. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that. This movie was was really bad. And I think this, this really shows that, like, there's nothing worse than a bad comedy movie and a bad like, like, when a when a comedy is terrible, like this one, it's just bad. There's no saving. Yeah, it doesn't make you laugh. Yeah, it's a comedy that doesn't make you laugh, so at that point, it's just like a, a really bad drama with no plot. At least Trace had dogs. Yeah, at least Trace had dogs. A couple, you know, dick card jokes was always fun. Yeah. Um, Outlaws had nothing. Outlaws was no fun at all. 
It was poor humor, bad plot. Yeah. Nothing good. Nothing good to say about this. It felt it was it was a very like straight it felt like a straight to streaming movie, which is exactly like it yeah. is. But yeah. like like Peter Pan and Wendy, these ones are not near the bottom list. A lot of them are just straight to streaming, they just pump it out to add another title exactly. to the they weren't really trying to make a good movie here. They're just trying to make a movie that just stick on the streaming service. There was no love or care put to this film at all. No one truly thought this was going to be a fantastic. People are going to love this one. People are going to laugh their ass off and going to tweet about it all day. They knew when they were making this movie, hey, they'll watch it. It'll be trending on Netflix for a week, and everyone will forget about it. But uh, yeah, another tick on the board for Netflix original films. Yeah, and that's pretty much. Yeah, I actually take back my answer for who is the worst performance of the year, and I said Aquafina from The Little Mermaid. I, uh, I I retract that statement. Aquafina, compared to Adam Devine in this movie, should be going for an Oscar because Adam Devine is absolutely atrocious. Like hey, you still haven't seen that bastard from Armageddon. <laughs> like he is really, really, really bad. And honestly, I I will actually go as far to say I think Adam Devine's probably like bottom five actors of all time. Like he is. He is a terrible actor. I saw him in the movie Jexy. Have you guys seen that one? No, but yes. he's Pitch Perfect. He was great. He was in Pitch Perfect. Yeah, really. yeah, he's good in the first Pitch Perfect. Uh, but even that is just because he's like a fun character. Like I, I don't think he's a great actor by any means. But in this, in Jexy, he is literally the reason why I hate this movie. I was actively rooting for his in-laws to sabotage him. Like they were setting him up and he was like getting like the brunt of everything in this film and the outlaws. And I was rooting for that. I was like, hell yeah. Fuck this guy. I hope he goes to prison for life. Like, fuck this guy. I hate him this much. Like, he is insufferable. He's like quirky, like, ugh, I'm a, I'm a little squealy. I'm so fucking weird. It's like, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, like, this is not funny. This is not quirky. This is painful. I think Adam Devine is atrocious in this movie. This might be his worst performance, and I watched Jexy, and he was terrible in that. But in this movie, he is like so whiny. He is so pathetic and like, idiotic i guess i can't really relate to this character because i don't care how drunk this guy is he's like giving all this secret information from like the bank that he's working at or whatever to his in-laws or whatever and like i i don't know i find everything about this guy is pathetic and loser material he is the worst human being i've ever seen i hope he goes to jail if they ever make it outlaws too and if he goes to jail we'd all be better for it because this guy fucking sucks well, when I was watching this movie, right, those who haven't seen it, basically, he works at a bank, tells his in-laws he just met, who are, like, criminals or whatever, all about the bank's system. Then he wakes up the next day and realizes that someone robbed the bank, right? And then he puts pieces together and realizes his in-laws and says, no. I thought it'd be hilarious if he was just going crazy, and his in-laws were perfectly normal people. They didn't do nothing wrong. And he keeps going deeper and deeper into this pit hole where he believes they're the criminals who robbed the bank. And then there's some other fuck-off people at the end of the day robbing the bank. But of course not. They were the most generic, standard plotline ever. Of course, it was his in-laws who robbed the bank. I thought that it was way more good. funny if everyone around him, these were the criminals. And they were just perfectly normal people. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, of course not. They wouldn't do some creative. That would take too much thought, you know what I mean? They would have introduced other characters who were actually the bad guys, and they would have had to put effort in it. So, too much. That's the outlaws for you. Yeah, you know... He was the worst part of the movie, but you, you are right. They could have had a better script. Uh, and everyone else, I, oh, I love yeah. Pierce Brosnan, but like, you know, he's not the only bad thing about this movie. That's why it's in the bottom three. This movie is flawed 
in every conceivable way. And, um, and just yeah. super, they took every safe bet. They didn't take any risks at all. With the movie. It was very paint by numbers. How you do a comedy rom com in twenty first century? This is how you do a straight to streaming movie. You know, you get faces people recognize but don't know the names of because they're not that famous but famous enough. You know, and then you just write a most generic script you can think of, pump it through Chat GPT, see if they like it as well, and then you run it off from the first take only because why retake a shot? That's too much effort. And you stop it on screen and people watch it and learn to. So moving on from the Outlaws, we have the second worst film according to us. And that is going to be the honestly pretty well known, surprisingly and unfortunately for everybody, horror film Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. One of the only films that all three of us have in our bottom three. So you know we we're all kind of in agreement here that this movie is pretty atrocious. And I think we all kind of like I think everybody agrees with us for the exact same reason, and that is. They clearly just made a slasher movie and they just tossed a Winnie the Pooh skin on just to get butts in seats, which unfortunately worked because this movie made a shit ton of money uh, compared to its budget. Uh, so unfortunately, they got away with it. it. It worked pretty fucking well, but this movie was just atrocious. There's planning to make a second one this year, so... Yep. And Tigger has just entered public domain, so guess who's going to make an appearance? In yeah, the Tigger's second. definitely in the second one, yeah. I mean, I like Tigger. He's always been my favorite of the 100 characters but a um i don't really need a sequel to this one this one is, here's the thing an idea of you know a winnie the pooh horror movie could be decent i'm, I'm not opposed to the idea of it it could be uh, great this was just a bad slasher film with winnie the pooh picked over it winnie the pooh won't say a bad horror but it could potentially make a good out like do it almost like terrifying it doesn't matter about the story just winnie the pooh and some awesome kill if they focus heavily on like making cool kills, and then adding, like, a bad plot, and Winnie the Pooh, who looks horrendous. And Winnie the Pooh just looked like a guy in a mask. Like, oh, there's yeah. no way that people in the show actually thought that was a bear. They knew it was a guy in a mask, right? Like, like the, the actual, like, the characters. Like, it didn't look like a bear at all. That was terrible as well. Yeah, I mentioned this briefly in the draft podcast that we had, but if they just did what they did with Thanksgiving, and made the kills related to Winnie the Pooh, and just had fun with it, and just made it, like, its own thing. Like, it's all around the Hunter Acre Woods. Like, have the deaths, you know, maybe, like, Huffleums show up or something. Like, they could have created a world that was similar to well, what we're familiar Arden's with. the issue with doing something like that, though, Quentin, was not everything with Winnie the Pooh is in public domain, right? right. Like, I don't know if Huffleums are in public domain yet. We That's know true. Wasn't this year. So I don't know how much the Hunter Acre Woods characters and, and motifs they could have really pulled, um, but they could have done a better job. Yeah, and, and, I, and maybe I'm not familiar enough with public domain and what they were able to do but could they have done a kill where like someone is stuck in a hole and like literally like half their bodies on one side of the hole and half their bodies on the other side of the hole of this like wall and like all of his friends are pulling on his legs on the one side and he sees winnie the pooh's running at him about to murder him on the other side like could they have done that because that's like a classic winnie the pooh oh, thing yeah <laughs> absolutely could have done that. or even like you know the gopher's hole has always moved around you know they could have done something like that with some falls in the gopher's hole things like that they could have done as well yeah so it could have made the kills related to winnie the pooh and it could have been hilarious like if they did a death like that where they're stuck on the hole which is an iconic winnie the pooh trope that would have been fucking awesome that would have been really fucking hilarious and pretty badass if he just got fucking murdered stuck in a hole like they could have just done things that was related to pooh bear 
that would have been pretty exciting to see. Like Hayne said, cool deaths in a slasher film is kind of needed. And when all the deaths are super generic, not related to Winnie the Pooh, and they're just bad, then, you know, if the killings are bad in a slasher movie, the slasher movie is going to be bad. Yeah, the slasher yeah. movies live and die by the slasher. If you guys have seen this movie, I recommend watching Thanksgiving, because in my mind, that, that does everything Winnie the Pooh should have, you know, that does everything Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Honey should have been doing, which was just have some fun kills related to the theme that it's going for, because I thought this movie was just atrocious in every conceivable way. I had Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods as my worst, as the worst film of the year for me for about seven months. Like, it was, it, like, it, to me, it was the definitive, I hate everything about this movie. This is everything wrong with Hollywood. This is everything wrong with Zachary Levi, uh, Levi or whatever his last name is. Like, this movie sucks. And then I watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey a few weeks ago. I want to say like two and a half weeks ago. And I realized, actually, my apologies. There's no denying this movie is the worst of the year for me. Like, I think Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is the worst movie of the year. Like, it's just irredeemable in every conceivable way. There's nothing good about this. Uh, this is, you know, I was saying Shazam 2 is everything wrong with modern day superhero movies. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is everything wrong with modern day horror films. Like, this is just the worst type of horror film you could get, especially when we have so many creative horror films the last couple of years. Like, we have been having some fantastic horror films, and we'll definitely talk about some of them in the best of in a few days' time. But for this movie, it's just everything wrong about horror films. Like, this is just the worst kind of movie you could get. It's like Bottom of the Honey Pot, it's just absolute trash. So we can move on to the worst film of the year. According to us, and honestly, I think according to anybody that watches these movies, because this movie is a stinker, we have After Everything. How many years in a row now have one of the Apple been the worst in our podcast? Hmm, I'm trying to think here. To be fair, Tristan, uh, the last two Hayden has been out on, but... He bumped up the first few, so I actually think this is only the second one that has been at the bottom bottom, because I think yeah. Haynes, like, bumped him up a little. Because he, he was a big fan yeah. of the first few, remember? A lot of work lower than after no. last year? This no, after was the worst last year. After was the worst. And you got mad at us for saying Blonde's better than after. Yeah, yeah. Blonde's terrible. Blonde's terrible. Look, after sucks. I hate after as much as the next guy. I really, really do. But there, there, there's worse things out there. Yeah, so this is After this Everything, one. the fifth and hopefully last one. I believe they're having a prequel, but, you know, this is the last one of the canon story of Harden and Tessa, I guess. So, you know, you, we got that going for us. <laughs> this freaking movie, Tessa very clearly did not want to be in this film, and she wasn't. She was in one scene, and that was pretty much it. Very clearly, that actress wanted nothing to do with the project. And I hope from the next one, she does have nothing to do with the project. I hope they... <laughs> <laughs> this project's I don't blame her at all. Um, but that Harden guy still the only thing paying him again. He was in this whole thing. He was very much the lead character in this. And by God, is he still in it? Yeah, it was just him like imagining having sex with like, girls, and then like cutting to him like not actually having sex or being a flashback, just to have sex scenes in the film <laughs> because the main girl wasn't there and they needed more and sex. They would cut to the main girl and him a lot of the time, just because the show that he's not over her yet, and then cut to him being with a new girl, but just being friends, and then at the end of it, him going to a wedding, not her wedding, but a friend's wedding, just to hook up with her behind her boyfriend's back. Like, it feels like full circle, where this is, like, now the second time she's cheating with Harden on her current boyfriend. Like, it just feels like 
they're both assholes. And I would love, like, a crossover with, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where Leatherface comes and kills both of them. <laughs> like, if somehow they both end up dead, that would probably be the best of the franchise. Hey, hopefully uh, Harden shows up to uh, Wind of the Pooh, too. You know, hopefully Tigger kills him. Tigger. I would love to see Tigger rip Harden's bed. I hope there's at least one kill in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, where, like, Tigger bounces and trounces on top of someone. He's, like, just jumping on just someone's like, body. Their head. Yeah. Yeah, or just beat their chest with their lying on the ground and just their chest with their tail on yep. top of them. That'd be cool. But anyways, back to After Everything. I, uh, I don't have this at the bottom of my list. I do have it very low, but I don't know if this is a hot take. I think this is easily the second best after movie of the five films in this franchise, uh, which is a incredibly low bar, by the way, because this is the worst franchise that has ever existed. But I do think at least this film tried something. It did not succeed, but at least but it had, like... <laughs> it, it tried to kind of do what uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 almost did uh, in a significantly better way. By having, like, the first two-thirds of the movie, uh, I guess even almost the first three-quarters of the movie being hard and trying to comprehend how he's a terrible human being and kind of move on because he has been obsessed with this woman who clearly doesn't want to be with him anymore until the last uh, 20 minutes of the movie. But at least like the beginning of this movie did something where it was kind of, you know, reflecting on, okay, an absolutely terrible and disgusting human being named Harden, who is one of the worst characters in film history is now coping with the realization that he's the reason why the woman that loved him no longer loves him and he is now alone for the rest of his life and he is just stuck fucking a bunch of girls while being obsessed with the fact that he is so unbearable that he's the reason why he lost the girl of his dreams. Like, that's something that at least was interesting uh, briefly because they handled it terribly and obviously the ending undoes everything that they spent an hour or so doing. Like, the ending is just atrocious because they end up getting back together which is the exact opposite of what the story should be about it should be about them meeting each other and her still shutting him down and him finally coming to accept that he needs to move on because he is a piece of shit and this woman clearly hates him because he sucks but unfortunately that's not kind of what they went after so you know this movie's still absolutely trash because it undoes everything it does it's counterinductive with what the movie has been set out to do which was reflect on the fact that a terrible human being deserves to be alone for the rest of his life because that should have been the message of the story of hey guys maybe don't be giant pieces of shit because nobody wants to be around that so you know the uh, story undoes itself entirely and it's pointless and it's absolutely atrocious uh but i have it as the fourth worst movie of the year because at least it like kind of dipped its toes into a concept. Wait, so what do you have at third worst? What do you have Winnie the Pooh and then Shazam? The Flash. Uh, so I have this as the fourth worst. No, this one's the worst movie of the year, because this one, and one of the worst movies of the franchise, is already a terrible franchise. This movie's just vapid air. Nothing happened. There's nothing of substance at all in this entire film. Literally, from start to finish, you start and end in the same spot. Nothing happened to the entire hour and a half runtime of this movie. Except flashbacks, different sex scenes that may or may not have happened, and I don't care if they did or did not. None of it was relevant to anything at all. Also just an absolute waste of time, because the first hour they build up about how he'll never get back with this woman, he needs to accept it, he's a giant piece of shit, and then the last 15 minutes, he hooks up with her and they agree to get married, and then they have a quick flash forward, and they're married with two children, which is absolutely insane to me that they actually 
theoretically did end up together. It's 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 absurd. They literally spent over an hour. It's kind of like How I Met Your Mother, where they spent the entire last season setting up why this couple belongs together, and then they just rip it apart at the very last second and undo everything. That's this movie. Could you imagine being their kids? Just living <laughs> in that <laughs> you imagine? Two parents who clearly hate each other, yeah. but just love the sex so much they have to be together. Like, it's terrible. That's insane to me. I can't even imagine being one of those kids. Like, you will literally have to go to therapy for the rest of your life. Like, you would be that fucked up. I can't believe it. I, I can't believe this is the ending that they were going to go for. For a second, when like for the first hour, I was like, oh, wow. So I guess, you know, this movie's absolutely trash, but I guess the ending is they don't end up together, which at least they took away the right lesson. But no, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even stick the landing. Those last 15 minutes is just atrocious. After franchise, getting the, uh, you know, getting the accolades for being the worst franchise two years in a row, you know? Uh, look at them go. They did it, guys. They're consistent. They, they are consistent. That is true. Are you guys excited for the uh, next after movie called Before? So, can't wait. Hell yeah. Can't wait to see that uh, make it to our bottom 10 of the year list uh, next year, but... That is our list for now. Uh, the bottom 10 films, according to us, was there anything else you guys wanted to discuss in regards to these 10 films or any other stinkers that didn't end up making the list right, uh, before so we wrap it up? probably should have been on this list, but Hayden didn't watch it, so it did get saved by the bell there. <laughs> Other than that, I think this is a pretty comprehensive list of uh, the, the, the worst films of the year. Some, some real stinkers. Yeah. I don't think we. I didn't think we had any crazy takes except for like maybe Elemental making this list because I, I feel like that's not as hated. But like we kind of we're kind of with the norm here, you know. I feel like Ant Man, The Flash, Shazam Two, Winnie the Pooh, After Everything, like th- these are known to be the worst films of the year. And uh, you know we agree with the masses this time. Yeah, exactly. That is everything for the worst of the year. Later in this week, we're going to be releasing the best of the year. So, you know, we went with the bad. We're going to end with the good. We're going to be going over the 10 best films released in 2023. And until then, guys, have a fantastic day.